2: moving iron podcast markets with sean hackett this edition of the moving iron podcast is brought to you by axon tire helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years for more information go to axontire.com also tractor zoom delivering insights if you're looking for a great place to see what's going on in the auction marketplace make sure you check out tractor zoom's iron comps they have 500 independent auction companies that report daily as to what is going on in the auction market. If you feel like you want to use that product, use Moving Iron at checkout and get yourself a discount. And also, Arrow, a simple, powerful CRM for C, for salespeople to sell more stuff. Sean Hackett's, uh here with me again, and he's on once a week. I mean, actually, twice a week. But this week he's on once a week because he thought he had to go out and give a bunch of speeches about stuff. Um, but he's on here to talk about what's going on in the market. And Sean, you're just getting off of a of a fresh. Uh, speaking to her here and uh what were kind of some of the settlements you came across with the folks that you were talking to
1: um yeah i think i still think there's a lot of confusion because the weather's been so unusual yeah you know um th- the cool wet weather in texas hurting the cotton crop and the blisteringly hot dry weather in the in the northern plains burning up you know the grain crops and everyone's just confused what's when are we going to go back to normal i kept hearing you know when are we to just get back to our normal weather and and i think that's con- everybody's just trying to figure out why, why has this weather been so weird for the last few years. And, you know, of course, as you know, Casey, that's kind of what we talk about at these presentations is what we think is going on with weather, these bigger cycles going on and why this weather volatility and this unusual weather is likely to not only continue, but probably accelerate in its uh, aberration. So, you know, we try to shed some light on that. And I think, I think, you know, at least it gave them some idea that, you know, maybe there's a reason behind all this madness and, um, and maybe they can start preparing a little differently for it
2: so yeah 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 there's a. Uh, I think getting what is a new normal i guess is what we're yes kind of looking at now so it's,
1: it's a new normal
2: yeah that's a crazy time we live in right now well let's jump over talk about a few things happening in the markets right now so it looks like if you take a look at corn and soybeans over the last couple of days um well since really since last week um been a lot of buying has been happening we've been seeing some so steady increases in, uh, in the price over the last three or four days. Um, I guess, what's your reaction to that? Is it kind of one of those deals where corn just got low enough and now, now people jump? Well,
1: when we, we, we slaughtered the markets last Thursday in front of me and just That's slaughtered it. Mm-hmm. So you typically will have a two to three day reaction, you know, bounce from that. I mean, we just and, and remember, last year, still in the minds of the market, the buyers missed the low. And they don't want to miss the low this year so they're they're more antsy to want to buy you know um, a, a lot of farmers sold way too early last year as you know right. and they don't want to sell too early this year so so that's psychology which was not here last year last year was we've been in a ten year bear market there's no hope there's no future sell 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 the buyer says why do I have to buy I'll just wait because it's going to keep going lower that psychology means every time there's a big break we' are we're, we're getting this counter reaction in the market so um I don't think it's a change in the trend. I still believe our trend is heading lower into the first half into mid-September. Um it probably this bounce has pretty much run its course. Um, and then we're gonna roll over into some kind of a retest. Now maybe we just retest, maybe we make new lows. Um you know, we'll have to find out, but I do think there'll be another shot down that will test whether the market is done going down with was last week's the harvest lower. Do we have to do one more down. Our general belief is we have to do one more down to put the harvest lows in. That's what we think is going to happen. So, so if a farmer's out there for producers out there and he says, look, I didn't quite finish up the sales before we had last week's break, you know, get it done now. You know, I'd get those, finish up those sales that you need to make and then store the rest for next year. Cause as you know, we're, we're pretty wildly bullish. Yep. The grain markets in the spring, summer of next year, but you got to sell something. You got to pay your bills. Just make sure you sell enough so you don't have to sell at a, at a time you don't really want to. Yep.
2: So, yep. Okay. So, the other thing that we've talked about here quite a bit of late is um, the cotton market. And if you take a look what's going on in the cotton market, uh, we had some pretty good prices this week. You know, I saw it up <laughs> above 96. Um, I think maybe Tuesday I saw it above 96. Um, which I hadn't seen it above 96 in a really long time since about 2012. I think was about the last time I saw cotton about at that high. I guess as you take a look at the cotton market, you know, we're still kind of trudging through that, um, that phase here where hurricane season is getting ready to start. And like you've talked about on the, on the podcast before that, you know, we're in that, um, that time frame where we're about two to three weeks behind schedule because of the, the cool wet temperatures that we've had in, in the South where cotton is uh, primarily grown, especially in Texas, a lot of, a lot of wet uh, conditions in Texas. I guess to take a look at the cotton market. I mean, you talked about it last week that you thought 95 was just kind of the, the start and we could go up from there and then we could see maybe up to a dollar. Um, and that do you think we're still on that path to get there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like this system that's sitting out there now that's coming in, it's going to come into the Gulf somewhere. We don't know quite sure exactly where. It could range anywhere from Texas to the middle of the deep south, but it looks like it's going to hit cotton country uh, the way it looks to us. So, you know, that could be what we've been talking about. You get that big storm that comes in and just, you know, buries the market with moisture and wind, Um, you know, and maybe that's what takes this market to a dollar or, or shoots beyond a dollar. We still feel we have to trade that. Before we can think, before we can put the top into this market, and so, you know, we'll we'll see how these, how the weather models and how the, how this storm steers. But this looks, look at the first really legitimate Gulf storm that could impact that, you know, the cotton areas there of the deep south into Texas, and so, you know, be on the lookout for that. And that, you know, if 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 that happens and we get one of those big spike trades on weather, cotton producers would be looking to sell that. You know, that's a gr- outstanding time to sell something is on a temporary. You know, weather euphoria before you come down on the hangover, as typically happens. So the next couple of weeks could be pretty wild in the cotton market. So uh, time to be very much uh, watchful if you're having interest in that market right now.
2: Yep. Okay. So let's take a look at um, sugar. Um, Early dig for sugar beets is going to start here in my area Um, next week, you know, late August, August early September. So we're going to start seeing those things start to pop up. Um, sugar price has continued to climb as the uh, as we get closer to this this harvest time frame. You talked about last week, you know, Thailand and India are going to play a big factor into that um, as their as their harvests come online and those different factors that play in there. So let's talk about the sugar market. What you see there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel we're starting to run out of. You know, one out of gas here, uh, you know, we keep to feel that if without, whatever upside is left, you know, uh, for the sugar market it's going to be, it's going to happen in September. Right now, the only thing that we can see that would drive this market higher is unfavorable weather um, in Brazil. And because right now, this September timeframe into October is pretty important for, to set the sugar, uh, crop on a good track for better production on the next cutting uh, of course, the drought continues. There's a lot of debate whether we're going to get some rains here at the end of the month, or whether drought is going to continue. So it looks to us like September is going to be a pretty dry month. If there are any rains, it looks like it's going to be pretty mild, uh, you know, modest. So that would say to us that we probably have one more push here on oh my gosh, it's dry in September. This drought's not going away, kind of a thing. And then we think October we're going to get some pretty big rains that will kind of alleviate those fears. So this twenty cents. Twenty-two cents area on the October sugar contract uh, looks like a really good polarizing uh, magnet for a top, and uh, you know, and sugar producers, sugar beet producers, ought to be looking at uh, you know that area to make some sales. We think that's it's good. anything is possible. We just don't see the drought in Brazil allowing for much more than a little bit more upside from here.
2: Yeah. All right. So speaking of Brazil, as you bounce down and take a look at the uh the devastating freezes they've had down there and what that's done to the coffee market. Um, My cup of coffee hasn't gotten more expensive yet, but I feel like it's on its way.
1: It's always a delayed reaction. I mean, you have a shortage, uh, but it it takes time for that to actually show up. But, you know, we would be looking for prices to really start showing up higher, um, you know, at your coffee shops or at the supermarket in the fourth quarter, especially as you move into the new year. Uh, remember, we're expecting a really, really cold winter, and cold winter means you drink more coffee. You know, always that there's coffee demand, several million more bags in a, in a cold year versus not. At a time, we don't really have any, <laughs> any more to give. And interestingly enough, beyond the devastating weather, and of course, what we just talked about with sugar is is the same thing for coffee. You know, coffee really wants this drought to end so that it can rehabilitate its uh, all the stress and the frost and all that sort of thing. But In Vietnam, who's a big Robusta coffee producer, their second largest producer of coffee in the world, because of the virus uh, proliferation there, they've shut the country down. And and the shipments have just stopped. They've slowed dramatically out of the country. And so we've seen the Robusta coffee price, which trades in London you know, go parabolic here the last two or three days. And of course, it's all connected. If you can't get enough for side then you go find low-quality rapid. I mean, coffee's coffee. You're going to try to find it somewhere. So just interesting how not only are we dealing with this weather stuff, but we still have this virus thing popping up where, you know, just lockdowns here and the Chinese ports that we talked about last week, you know, right. not operating normally. It's it's just a crazy situation. Yeah. Um, by the bottom line, at the end of the day, what it means is, Need having physical, whether you're a coffee roaster, having physical in your warehouse versus, you know, at, at a warehouse at, at origin is going to be really, really important going forward. And, and that, that's going to keep the demand higher than normal because everyone's going to want to keep, keep getting that physical in as quickly as they can because they're not going to know. Well, maybe I just maybe I won't be able to get it. Maybe the delivery I'm supposed to get is delayed by three months. And, well, that doesn't work when I have orders to fill. It's just a mess. Yeah. It's a real mess, but it, but it impacts the price a lot, a yeah. lot.
2: Well, That's that's to that point. I mean, it, we are still facing that, you know, you have on an order and it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a tractor or a combine or coffee or whatever, you don't, you're not for sure when you're going to get it, you know? I mean, even Amazon, that doesn't do the two-day delivery thing anymore. It's, it's still prime and you're still going to get it. We just don't know. For sure,
1: what day? Well, and, and, th- and think of, and, th- and to your point, Casey, think of the the winter that we're expecting to have here, Northern Hemisphere. Right. You know, really, really cold temperatures, historic snowfall in a lot of areas. Um, obviously, with the shift in our power generation, um, we already saw how we can have very uh, easily have rolling blackouts,
2: yeah, um, at times. Well
1: that were and and you know and, you know Europe is no different. I mean they're in the same position. So so how so if we're already struggling, as you just correctly stated, with getting things shipped and and delays and sh- and not getting people to work and 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 ports and you know it, I don't it doesn't look like this is going to get any better with a really really bad winter. I mean it looks like it's going to get a lot worse. So so you, you know to me I'm sitting here as a risk manager at the coffee trading house of Starbucks or. You know, somebody who who's a big procurer of supplies, and I'm looking at all that's going on. Uh, my job is to get as much in I, physical as I can, um, so that if I do have a disruption in supply, if there is a delay, I have some buffer that I can get through that period without having to tell the person I'm supposed to ship coffee to. You know what? I can't sell, give it to you right now. We're right. gonna have to hold off. So it's a it's um it's a messy situation, and so I would really, really. Um, one of my t- the highest recommendation I can make to anyone out there in the ag business whether it's the buyer or the seller is have physical on hand as much as you can right now this is not a time to play games with just in time inventory
2: yeah that just in time thing kind of turned from just in time to we'll get it to you when we can <laughs> delivery. just,
1: just, just in a, yeah just in whenever you know, no, just in some time <laughs>
2: Just (laughs) eventually we're going to get it to you. Just
1: Just eventually. eventually. Yeah. Just eventually.
2: Yep. All right. Let's jump over and talk about what's going on in the beef complex. The beef complex has had some very strong runs over the last, um, and and nothing too crazy, but it's just been steady increment growth, you know, and over the last couple of days, you've seen some softening in that market. Talk about the beef, price. You know, we've talked about beef on here quite a bit and that this is going to be one of those, those dips in the market where, where, uh, cattle feeders are going to be looking to buy some some feed possibly at a lower price and obviously that price is, is down dramatically for what it's been but i guess as you take a look what's going on with the beef um, complex what's your thoughts there and what do you see happen for the rest of the week
1: well i mean we we've we've been having this target on i'm trying to remember now – december contract i think of you know upper 130s to 140 you know as as a target for kind of a, a near-term top in the market on holiday demand on some of the fitting down of the animals that we had on the herd liquidation. Um, and we hit that and we hit that. We, we've, we've reached that reached that level and then we're backing off a little bit. So I kind of think this is a place, um, you know, as you know, Casey, okay, so we're a little worried about the global economy, the U.S. economy here in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of things with the Delta virus, with monetary policy growth of, mon- of money printing shrinking that we, we're just a little worried that could be kind of a, a pullback in demand here um based upon those factors. And of course, beef demand you know would be impacted by that. So we just think this is a you know, as you know, we're wildly bullish the cattle price in the spring, summer, and fall of next year because of the winter and other another reasons. But we do think that this is probably a good time to be cash selling uh cattle right now of, you know, as your cattle producer for the fourth quarter. Um is some of the better price we've seen in a while, and, and we don't we don't think there's a whole lot more upside from here, at least. Into the fall. After that, we would be a big buyer again. So,
2: okay, all right. Jump over and take a look at what's going on. Pork complex. The uh, hog price has been sliding for a while, there, and there's you know idea that we're heading into the fall where pork demand typically does go down, and the word about supply, the way it is. I guess. What are your thoughts there? And you know, is some of this, you know, African swine fever as it creeps ever so closer to the continental United States. Is some of that playing into what we see happening here?
1: Well, I mean, we—I think—I forget when, when exactly we talked about this, but but you know, I've, I'm a hog producer, and I still have—I mean, obviously the prices are down a bit from where they were, but they're still very good, they're still making money. And and we have this economic concern here in the fourth quarter. We have this ASF problem in China. We have the pork price and the hog price in China collapsing. Uh, we have the exports to China collapsing. And we have the potential that one day we're going to wake up and we're going to hear a news story that ASF was found somewhere in the United States and all exports are halted for a while. I mean, I just don't think I want to be in the business of taking that kind of risk as a producer. I just think, you know, I want to be, I want to be, I want to have that cash price locked in here. You can always, you know, do something different on paper later if you want, uh, if it looks like the coast is clear. But these prices, Casey, I just... I just think the risks are too high to the downside to mess around, and you just need to lock that price in at least through the fourth quarter, maybe even to the first quarter. We, we're not very constructive of the hog market here at all. We're, we continue to be uh, – it's one of the few markets that we really have a, a pretty strong, bearish view of. Our smart money algorithm that we follow continues to give very bearish signals to this market. Um, I, you know, like I said, you know, we had a little bit of a bounce, you know, and every market bounces. So, so this is a market you want to sell every bounce for right now. Uh, that's that's we be in the business of cash selling every bounce.
2: Okay, that is a scary time because, like you said, it's not a matter of when it'll get here. It's not a matter of if, but when it gets here. No, it's just it's just so it's creeping closer. I guess.
1: Well, everyone else has pretty much got it, and so yeah. we're going to get it too. And and I don't want to be I don't want to be around when it's limit down, limit down, limit down, limit down. <laughs> and you have it and, and you didn't get your cash sold for the next six months. You just don't want to be a producer in that position. You want to be in a producer who says, you know what? I've sold my next six months of, of of pork supply. I don't really I care, but I really don't care. I can weather the storm, and you know we'll eventually figure it out, and the market will say, okay, we got to, you know, and, and, and then we'll, 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 turn back up again. But right. I just don't want to be in a position at these prices of leaving of letting that gift horse get away.
2: Yeah. So absolutely. Well, good stuff is usual, Sean. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what Hackett Financial can do for them. What's the best way to do that?
1: Uh, the website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Um, as you know, Casey, we have interviews with you and others and sample reports and white papers and things that we, that, that help, discuss a little more about what we do to see if our way of looking at things in ag markets could be of value to your
2: listeners. Absolutely. Make sure you go check that out, folks. There's tons of good information there. So I'm Casey Seaman with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com for the entire library of Moving Iron Podcasts as well as Moving Iron Blogs. Um, really, it's a, it's, it's, it's a crazy time right now. Um, whether it's politically or or in the markets or what's going on. So make sure you reach out to Sean, ask him what's going on, look at what he has to offer. Take a look at some of those sample reports out there because <clears throat> there's really never been a, a more important time than what we see right now to make sure, especially what we're headed into for the winter and those kind of things. If, if you have not um, listened to what Sean has to say about – these grand solar minimums and what we see happening there, I I would, I would highly recommend that you do that. Sean's going to be at the moving iron summit. Uh, He's going to be talking about what, you know, this very topic. And um, every time he talks about it, there's still that, that part of me. It's like, what is this guy talking about? But same time, (laughs) if you, if you listen to what he says and and then go back and take a look at what's going on, there's some, there's some crazy things happening with our weather and, And uh, he's, he's right. So, you know, Sean, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that, that speech and, um, you know, kind of what you did, you know, the last couple of days here when you're down talking to some cotton producers and some some dairy producers, these, these weather events that we're seeing take place are, are happening. And I mean, I guess the best way to put it is we just got to be on top of our game and, and uh, you know, prepare for that rainy day.
1: Well, they are happening, and and what we try to do in our presentations that we've been doing this year, and and that we'll do with you, um, you know, is, is go over the signposts, you know, the evidentiary signposts of why, how do we know it's happening, how, you know, and and and, and continue to to look for a new signposts that's continuing to happen. I mean, all this is evidentiary. I mean, there's evidence behind everything we talk about. There's data behind everything we talk about. There's re- Thousands of years of research to go about everything we talk about, and there's current news that actually confirms what we're talking about. So it's 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 as 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 foreign as the subject matter is to many because you know they haven't heard that concept before. Um, it's every, everything can be researched, everything can be verified, everything can be looked at. It's not just trust Sean. I mean, everything I didn't I didn't I didn't come up with all this stuff. All I did was take really smart people's research over my lifetime and pull out all these cycles and use it, put it in a usable tool so that everybody doesn't have to go out and look at those thousands and thousands of papers to try to come up with, how's all this working together. Um, and uh, and I'm excited about it because it's, we've been making some really good uh, recommendations to our customers and to those who've been listening to your program. And, and as you said correctly, this is not a time to get it wrong, Casey. This is a time that you really have to be really clear about Tactically, what you need to do because this period of time could be extremely devastating or could be extremely lucrative if you because the weather volatility, the price volatility is going to be off the rails. And if you understand what's going on, it, it could be really, really an exciting time uh, versus what we were dealing with four or five years ago when a five cent right. move in corn was really a big day. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: There's nothing to do, you're done. You know, it's like it's like a slow bleed you know you're gonna die it's just it's just it's gonna take 20 days before you bleed to death that's what it was before now you have an opportunity to escape you know yep. so
2: yeah so take full advantage of what sean has on his website if you want more information reach out to sean sean give your give your website one more time
1: it's hackett h-a-c-k-e-t-t advisors.com and then if and if any of you listening to the show uh Want me to come speak for you? you, know, if, you, if, you have, if you know someone that has a conference going on, I mean, th- there's not a better time to be talking about this kind of, of information right here. Given where we are in proximity to this historical winter, you know, we'd be glad to see if we could set something up and, and go out to your group and also speak with you as well.
2: So take full advantage of that, guys. All right, with that, I am Casey Seymour, Sean Hackett. Let's going be smart, folks.
0: Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire, Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving
1: higher in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again your will find us
2: here Moving iron
1: Moving higher In the 21st century